Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. We are um, going to have a powerful conversation as a CEO of Living Strong Consulting LLC. It is um, our honor to be able to support and serve children and families and schools and ministries around trauma-informed approaches, as well as recognizing the power of healing. And I had the pleasure of connecting with this evening's guest um, quite a few years ago. And I put a social media post up this uh, morning that really shared those initial moments as I sat across the table from her and I listened to her wisdom and her passion and the work that she was doing. Uh, I said in that moment, huh, I need to work with her. <laughs> and time has passed, but absolutely my heart, my passion for the work, never for the opportunity for us to connect, never waned or subsided. And so when I got the opportunity as we launch season four to invite her to be a guest on our flip side of adversity conversation, I was so excited when she said yes. And so let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Heather Evans. She is a licensed clinical social worker with a private group counseling practice in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania, with over 20 years experience providing therapy, particularly specializing in sexual trauma and sex trafficking. Heather has authored two books and started the Voices of Survivors Project photo exhibit from her research on complex trauma and post-traumatic growth in sex trafficking survivors. She is co-founder and board chair of Valley Against Sex Trafficking in Pennsylvania and adjunct professor of Global Trauma Recovery Institute, traveling internationally to train trauma healing caregivers. Thank you so much for the work that you do, the commitment that you provide on this planet, and welcome to the Flip Side Conversation, Dr. Heather Evans. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be with you. And everything you said this morning in your post and just a few moments ago, the feeling is absolutely mutual. And finally, the day has come. And I, I know this is only the beginning of us continue to have our paths intersect because our passions and our mission are so aligned. So thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I can't, I can't wait to not only jump into this conversation, but also for what the Lord has in store for our relationship in the future. But so let's just jump into this. So tell us a little bit more about the work with survivors. What are you doing and what is that work? 
Yeah, well, first of all, I have a group counseling practice in Coopersburg in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania region, and that's my main job. And there, I'm working with people every day who are survivors of all different kinds of things, whether it be cancer or divorce or some type of a traumatic experience. One of the main things I deal with, as you said, is sexual trauma. I also do work with victims um, of sex trafficking, and that's something else that I do kind of on the side. I am the board chair and co-founder of this organization, Belly Against Sex Trafficking, that works with women who have come out of human sex trafficking in our region of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And also, as you mentioned, I do some work globally. I've had the opportunity to travel internationally, uh, mainly to the country of Rwanda, where we have worked to train and equip trauma healing caregivers who were just wanting more resources after the genocide of 1994. So there are individuals who are survivors of genocide and still there's generational impact there and looking for resources and ways to come out of trauma. So those are just a few examples of the things that I do. She said just a few. I'm talking (laughs) about powerful work. And I love the term that you use, and, and can you say it again for me? So trauma healing caregivers. I love that term. I don't think I've heard anyone else use that term. Uh, where did it come from? Like, The reason we use that term is because many times globally, people who are providing trauma healing work are not professionals. They may not have formal education. And frankly, what we may have here in the USA, such as going to see a counselor who specializes in trauma, won't work in other cultures. They might say, you want me to go into a room with a stranger and talk to them about my feelings? That sounds crazy. So trauma healing caregivers is sensitive to the fact that other cultures may Um, need various forms of healing trauma. And so what's really happened globally and what, what we've sought to contribute to in the country of Rwanda is training even lay people how to come alongside someone who's experienced trauma. When when trauma happens on a systemic or collective level, we can't just do one-on-one stuff. And frankly, that's not always most effective. So trauma healing caregivers encompasses people who have some level of training, but it may not be formal and professional to walk alongside somebody else who's experienced trauma. Wow, that just screams community to me. Exactly. And the power of healing in community and being able to physically be alongside of someone, but relationally. And so much work that I know I do here in the States really supports professionals being able to see clients, not just the programming, not just the problem, but the act of actually seeing, seeing Mm. people and recognize that our lives, although we may have different things, we have different experiences, but as human beings, we have an opportunity to really come along one another and removing judgment and shame, recognize our lives what we want out of life is not that different. Mm-hmm. Love and connection and feeling valued and a place and a purpose. There's so many commonalities there. Absolutely. For someone who's endured trauma, they, they are isolated. It, they're withdrawn. It disrupts relationship. And so to heal in community is the most powerful thing. And I love what you said. Giving someone the gift of being seen and being known hits on the core of our humanity, our desire to connect and our desire to 
be seen, be loved, be known. Yes. So you pick the title for this episode, Surviving Out Loud. Tell me about that title. Why did you pick that term? Well, I stole it from our local regional um, annual Lehigh Valley Anti-Trafficking Week. It's happening once a year. Organizations come together on the topic of human trafficking to raise awareness. And that was the theme of this past year. They asked me to give a speech at the Survivor Leader Awards breakfast. So there were survivor leaders that were going to be recognized for the work that they were doing. That was a daunting task. I mean, I have such great respect and honor for anyone who has survived something horrifying like human trafficking, and particularly those who have gone on in forms of leadership to do really impactful things. So I'm like, what am I going to say? So I decided to just sit in that term, surviving out loud, and break it down a little bit and just go off of that. And what came out of it was really powerful for me. So I started by just kind of looking at the definition of each one. So first I looked at, okay, what does the word survive actually mean? You know, we tend to use that word. We can use it a lot of ways, sometimes in like a form of humor or exaggerative, like, are we surviving this cold weather or I survived that long meeting? But that term survive for someone that has been victimized to claim that term, I mean, it holds a lot of weight and meaning. So survive means to continue to live or exist, especially in spite of danger or hardship. Okay, hold on to that. Mm -hmm. To continue to live or exist after a danger or hardship. A survivor is a person who survives, especially a person remaining alive after an event or in which others have died. Now, survive comes from the Latin word vivere. And this is what I just loved. Vivere means to live, plus the prefix super. So sir, super is over and beyond. So what does it mean? Survive means to live over and beyond. Mm. Then I looked up the definition of out loud. The definition of out loud on Google, wherever I found it was loudly enough to be heard. So you put that together, surviving out loud. It means to live Continue to live over and beyond a hardship loud and loudly enough to be heard. Let me say it again. Mm-hmm. Surviving out loud means to continue to live over and beyond a hardship loudly enough to be heard. So I just thought that was so powerful yes. and wrote that down and really tried to think about that. What does it look like? for survivors of trafficking or for survivors of the various things that are even are represented amongst our listeners, survivors of cancer, survivors of natural disaster, survivors of domestic abuse, survivors of fill in the blank. What does it look like to continue to live beyond a hardship loudly enough to be heard? So powerful. I am, I so appreciate that you broke that down because I think about even when you were just saying, yeah, survivors of a pandemic, you know, collective trauma, how we could continue to live and loud enough to be heard and seen and valued. There's so many things that we have survived in the past two years, whether it be socially, whether it be emotionally, 
whether it be racially, whether it be in our justice system, whether it be in uh, just connection across, <laughs> across the table with someone. There's so much richness in that definition. Can you just say that one more time for all of Absolutely. us? Absolutely. To survive out loud means to continue to live over and beyond a hardship loudly enough to be heard. Mm. So that over, oh. So as I think about the overcoming and even how it connects to our concept of the show, the flip side of adversity, that there is an overcoming that you can continue to live beyond over and above in order for your for the, and I know we're going to get into this, that post-traumatic growth, that there is life on the other side of what you have experienced. But I think about, there are individuals that I have been coaching Mm -hmm. over the past few months, um, actually more like the past year, because I saw the decline really begin to happen kind of mid-2021. So even after the initial shock of the pandemic itself, but there was there became literally almost like this weight of exhaustion, lack of motivation, um, yes. the, this feeling like we're just, we just can't continue. What are, what have you been noticing and as we're talking about survivors of the pandemic? Oh, I mean, well said. I think we initially had that fear and heightened sense of crisis, and I think that was not sustainable. We crashed from that. I saw a weariness that came from oh, I think, you know, like we're going to the top of a mountain. I think we're almost at the top of the mountain. And then there's another bend. Uh, Weariness of making decisions um, and having differing values and convictions and opinions and the decisions that we need to make amongst friends and family. Um, And the very things that give us life, we were really separated and divided from. So the thing, you know, especially at the beginning, but the things that we turn to, to cope, and so many of those things were really taken away. It really has been an experience of collective trauma that we are still seeing the the impact and the fallout. I think, you know, in in our line of work, we will continue to see the long-term impact on mental health, um, on our medical workers, the frontline workers who, who have just been in go mode to get mm-hmm. us through this. We are weary and I, there's a weightiness that you expressed and an angst that um, I think is going to take a long time for us to sort through. Wow. So as I go back to your term mm-hmm. and your breakdown of surviving out loud, So the word survive implies overcoming a a barrier, a challenge, or a trauma. Can you tell us something about um, trauma and its impact? Just briefly, just get us started because we're getting ready to take a break and then we'll come back. Initially, when you hear the word trauma, what initially comes to mind for you? So trauma is a threat, a threat of one's physical or mental well-being 
or it can happen when someone witnesses somebody else who was threatened. Trauma results in a feeling of powerlessness. Trauma disrupts a belief system. I like to say it rocks your world. It just mm -hmm. changes. Oftentimes there's a, a, a before the trauma and an after the trauma, mm -hmm. something disrupts and changes and it overwhelms. It overwhelms the body system and the mind and the brain. It overwhelms yeah. the emotions. It can overwhelm relationships. Trauma often impacts on that relational level we talked about. It impacts on, on um, the, the very things that make us a, a person, things mm -hmm. like our voice, things like power, the things, the agency to make choices. Trauma just it messes that up, whether it's trauma inflicted by abuse mm -hmm. of someone else or trauma, collective trauma, like we talked about with mm -hmm. the pandemic, something has taken the rug out from under us and we feel helpless and powerless in a way that we didn't before. Mm -hmm. And I would add one more thing. It, it, um, it, we talked about it, it being overwhelming. And I would say if it's not addressed, it can be passed mm -hmm. down from generation to generation. I want to talk about that when we sure. come back from this first break, because I don't think people realize the transgenerational nature of trauma if it's not addressed. And I, I think about that, the overcoming opportunity of surviving and how we can actually continue to take our power back, recognize that we're not helpless. I have said that so many times, it literally in school settings where there's such a weight, students are showing up with so many needs and there can almost feel like this helpless or hopeless um, outcome, but we're not. And there are things that we can do and think about. And there's a mindset that we can take about this approach and this work. And before we go on break, you shared your definition unpacking the word trauma and some key words that stuck out for me, the loss mm -hmm. of power, the disruption. But I know I had the opportunity of being in the audience when you first released the Voices of Survivors project. Yes. And I was taken by the exhibit. And I know that you're doing a special, uh, another event around Voices of the um, Survivors project. And we're queuing up a commercial in a few moments for our audience to listen to. Can you just tell us a little bit about the project before we play that commercial? Absolutely. The Voices of Survivors Project came out of a dissertation study that I have done, and it is basically walking you through photographs of survivors of sex trafficking to understand their experience of survival through their photography. That's a very short version of it. I think that, you know, it's a powerful exhibit. You get to see their pictures, hear their captions and walk through what it is like to survive both the struggle and the complexity and the beauty. I was, I was hoping you would say that because that's what struck me. There was this tension and connection between the truth and the rawness of, of the hurt, but there was such a brilliance 
of the beauty on the other side, that that actually is what has stuck with me the most. Mm. I just remember the images and just the amount of beauty and perspective that they were able to take in their creative expression. So I, I am excited for people to be able to log into the Eventbrite Uh, So I believe they can just go to Eventbrite and log in and just do a search for Voices of Survivors Project. Is that correct? That's correct. And they can also go to Voices of Survivors Project on Facebook, VoicesOfSurvivorsProject.com. All of those places will lead them to the link. Wonderful. So take a listen to this commercial and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voices of Survivors Project is a photo voice exhibit that testifies of the lived experiences of domestic sex trafficking survivors. On March 9th, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you are invited to attend a virtual walkthrough of the Voices of Survivors Project photo exhibit and participate in a question and answer with the author. All attendees will receive a copy of the newly released photo book from the Voices of Domestic Sex Trafficking Survivors, Photographic Expressions of Complex Trauma and Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Heather Evans. All ticket proceeds will go towards organizations working with survivors of sex trafficking. Be prepared for a moving experience of learning more about the experiences of trafficking survivors through their own photography. For more information, visit the website www.voicesofsurvivorsproject.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Voices of Survivors Project. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she is being redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a conversation with Dr. Heather Evans and her powerful work. She has highlighted the definition of surviving out loud and that experience of continuing to overcome and doing it so loudly that it can be heard. There's yes. such a freedom in in really recognizing that there is something beyond the pain that you have gone through. Now, I know that you specialize in sex trafficking, but as a clinical uh, uh Counselor, you are a social worker. You are able to recognize that people survive in a lot of different ways. They are surviving, overcoming many different things. But as I shared before we went on break, I actually was able to witness the Voices of Survivors Project. Mm-hmm. And as you explained it, you mentioned that element of that connection between the pain as well as the beauty. And there's some elements of post-traumatic growth, I'm sure that's there, that you could tell us a little bit more about. So what is post-traumatic growth and how does it relate to this whole idea of surviving out loud? Yeah, when I did my research, and my research consisted of both photo voice, which is the the photos that you are able to see in the Voices of Survivors Project, and interviews, which is also available in a different book. But there were two things I was looking at. One was this idea of complex trauma, and that's trauma that happens in this interpersonal level. And the other is post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth was created by two individuals. Their last names are Tadeshi and Calhoun. And basically, it's this idea that someone who's experienced a challenging life circumstance can actually grow beyond where they were at the point of that challenge or that trauma. So we know, we hear a lot about resilience and resilience is the idea of bouncing back, like kind of coming back to that original position. Post-traumatic growth takes it another step and says that there there is evidence that people who've experienced suffering have grown beyond where they were Mm -hmm. at the point of trauma in five different areas. And I'd love to share those with you. Yes. The first is personal strength. So an example of this would be in the survivors that I look that um, I've worked with and that were interviewed and, and did the photo voice. They show strength in moving forward by going back to school and getting an education, by learning how to cook, by learning how to use other hobbies, by getting involved in different ways that they identify their talents and their interests. Learning how to, like you were saying earlier, earlier with the idea of trauma is taking back power, learning how to make choices again. So finding personal strength and finding that they were stronger than they were before. Mm-hmm. The next area of, I'm sorry, post-traumatic growth is new possibilities. So many individuals, they, they go back to school, they get an education, they say, I want to do something with what I've experienced. They actually, um, you know, maybe get involved in the movement because they 
they want to make a difference. They want to do something different. So new possibilities is the next thing where they find that new doors are open for them after enduring the hardship that they endure. The next area is finding purpose. Let me just read this quote from some one of the women who participated in the study. She said, it's not what you're trying to gather up for yourself. It has nothing to do with that. It's how can you serve in this world to make it better? How can you help somebody else not be so broken? How can you breathe life back into somebody? That's what keeps me going every day. I want to give back in every way that I can. And I want to leave my mark here however I can. <sighs> Judith... Isn't that powerful? It just gave me chills. I, I, I literally, my skin just lit up. Amazing. And Judith Herman, who's an expert that's mm-hmm. written on trauma, talks about that. She says that she finds so many people transcend what they've been through by getting involved, participating in social interaction. And that's what I found too. You'll see that reflected in the photos. The majority of those women are already involved in some kind of advocacy work, but finding purpose, finding something that gives meaning. The, the, next, um, the next aspect is relating to others. And this is also one of my favorite ones. And it goes back to what we said at the very beginning, the trauma healing happens in community. One of the pieces of data that came out of my, my research was that when I asked the survivors, what did they find to be their greatest need? And then what did they find to be most helpful? The answer was relationship. And it could have been relationship with, it could have been a counselor or therapist. It could have been a probation officer, or it was somebody they met in a local organization or a local church that became like family to them, that became like a mirror that helped them to identify what their identity was, that helped them to learn to trust again, learn safety. I just found it to be such a simple but profound piece of data, relationships. Another aspect of post-traumatic growth, um, there's two more and then, then um, I'm done with this and I'll hear what you have to say. Um, this is probably another one of my favorites, appreciation for life. When I heard this come out in their interviews and in their pictures, it was so profound. They, they would describe, it's like I could see things clearer than I did before. They just have a deeper appreciation for life after having been what they've been through. I think a lot of us can relate to that if we've survived yes. something. Mm-hmm. And when you see in their pictures, you see some of them really took pictures of quite simple things. I'm yes. ruining it for those of you that plan to come next week. Um, but it, they, it, they appreciation for just what we might take for granted. Another woman actually said that she discovered photography to be a form of healing for her because she could take pictures of what to other people is they're just is just invisible, like a bee mm-hmm. in nature. Mm-hmm something small in nature that she could magnify. And it, it helped her when she felt invisible in her time of being trafficked to feel seen again by seeing something in nature. Yes. I love, I love that post-traumatic growth. So we have personal mm-hmm. strength, finding purpose, relationships with others, appreciation for life, and finally spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Many individuals, again, attributed their faith as what got them through the survival and that they saw their faith grow beyond where it was at the point of their trauma. And I think that's incredibly profound. I think a lot of us, if we could go around the room of listeners and ask what got you through, 
many, many of us could attribute to one of these two things as, as giving what got them through or as something that's come out of a difficult time, including their faith, their spirituality. Wow. I could just run around the room. I hope people absolutely wrote each one of those down. There are some things that resonated with me as I listened uh, to those five elements. And when you referenced um, Judith Herman's work, I love the component of her work that shines a spotlight on joy and creativity and how being how that can become a part of your process of growth of restoration of moving beyond and yes. i feel like there's elements of that in the work in the intentionality of how you supported or was able to help those who were a part of the project express their growth do you yes. have any connection, any research, or even just professional perspective on the power of creativity in the healing process? Yeah, one of the reasons I chose Photo Voice as a part of my research methodology was that I know that trauma sometimes is just unspeakable and you can't find the words. You, you need to find your voice again, but you can't find the words to express what you've been through. And I knew that a creative mechanism like photography could be a way that they could tap into to a creative expression as a means of finding their voice. It's one of the reasons why I found it so, so powerful. And to add to that, what I didn't expect, but it, it makes sense, is how much them finding beauty, as you said, was a part of their creative expression and a part of the healing. And it makes sense because I often say that trauma healing has to be the reversal of the trauma experience. So when someone mm. comes to meet with me, my goal is to make sure they feel safe, they feel seen, that their voice is heard, that they have choice. Because with the, the abuse that they experienced, their voice was silenced, relationship was disrupted, they lost their power. So trauma healing is the reversal of the trauma experience. So why wouldn't we expect that creative expression of beauty would be a form of healing after enduring the darkness and the ugliness of something like commercial sexual exploitation? Yes. Can I ask you, when you are trying to support or establish safety, not, not just as a clinician, but mm -hmm. also thinking about the, um, the community of um, healing caregivers that you discussed before, because I get this question often, how can I intentionally create safety for someone who I'm trying to work with, support, move through, or, or even I have several home visitors who listen to this who are helping families who are just trying to figure out how to get back standing upright. And we talk the same language. My first thing is you have to reestablish safety with them as well as trust. Can you give some tips or some insight on what are some approaches to establishing safety? One is I would say being aware of our own motivation. Oftentimes we come alongside someone and want to help them, 
but we lose sight of them. We just think, I know what they need. I know how I'm going to help you. And we jump in with our rescue hats on and we squash them. So being aware of our own motivation means laying aside my agenda, what I think they need, so that I can really see them and hear them and ask them, what do they want and what do they need? Then I would say transparency. And when I mean, what do I mean by transparency? I mean, be yourself. What you see is what you get. For someone who has been wounded by a form of trauma, they can pick up on inconsistencies and inauthenticities. So being who you say you are, just be yourself. And along with that, do what you say you will do. Consistency and communication and following through on what you say you will do. In addition to that, taking time to enter in and listen. Any trauma healing work or helping work is cross-cultural. We enter into somebody else's world. Who are you? When you use that word, what do you mean when you use it? What do you want? We give a lot of choice and we are willing to admit when we're wrong and we put ourselves in a student position. Those are a few things that come to mind that can establish safety. Powerful nuggets, powerful nuggets. I appreciate how you continued to, when I think about how we started this conversation, in creating community and relationship, you're authentic. You create voice. You're not there. You're very clear on what your motives are. This is not me about me trying to fix you. This is me really wanting to see and hear you and create space for you. We're getting ready to take another break. And there are still so many questions that I still have uh, for our last portion of our show. But before we take this break, I do know that we as uh, Living Strong Consulting, we have started a group of women who we call the Girlfriend Gathering. And we meet every other month. And when someone in the group They come to the group with the intention of a desire to fulfill a purpose, a goal, a vision, um, a, a mission, something within themselves that they need help in birthing to bring forward. And they may be feeling stuck. They might be held back by habits that are no longer serving them. But we want to create a community that Mm -hmm. allows us to be authentic, to allow us to help them put down shame and doubt and fear. Well, we are getting ready to have our second session in 2022 on March 26th from 10 to to one o'clock. And guess what, ladies? The launch of the Eventbrite link for that is out and it will be posted on our Facebook page, Today, if you're in the Girlfriend Gathering private group, it is already there. Feel free to share it and invite. And for our listeners, those who listen to our show, the discount code for the promo is GFG2022. Ladies, This is an opportunity for you to move past whatever pain, whatever barrier, whatever challenge, or whatever self-talk has kept you stuck. Even if it has been something that you, yes, you now need 
to overcome and live loud enough to be heard, not just for you, but for those around you who have been waiting for you to no longer feel stuck or be afraid. This is your time. Check out Eventbrite Girlfriend Gathering, March 26th from 10 to 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And check out our Facebook page for the Eventbrite link. Space is limited because we keep it intimate, but we are looking forward to seeing you in March. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. The Voices of Survivors Project is a photo voice exhibit that testifies of the lived experiences of domestic sex trafficking survivors. On March 9th, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you are invited to attend a virtual walkthrough of the Voices of Survivors Project photo exhibit and participate in a question and answer with the author. All attendees will receive a copy of the newly released photo book from the Voices of Domestic Sex Trafficking Survivors, Photographic Expressions of Complex Trauma and Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Heather Evans. All ticket proceeds will go towards organizations working with survivors of sex trafficking. Be prepared for a moving experience of learning more about the experiences of trafficking survivors through their own photography. For more information, visit the website www.voicesofsurvivorsproject.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Voices of Survivors Project. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. 
Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. And this has been a powerful conversation. And I'm going to put Dr. Evans on the spot because I want to make sure if you did not get all five of those elements of post-traumatic growth, I'd like for her to start this last segment off giving us those five elements again. And then let's go into understanding both transgenerational trauma and what can we learn from that growth process. So I know I I threw a whole bunch at you, but let's start with those first five. I love it. We need repetition um, because that helps us to really learn. Yeah, I I wanna say too, that this is, in, in thinking about this show, I kind of have an idea for my next piece of kind of going back to the data and looking at, okay, does post-traumatic growth just happen or does it is it produced? And I would say it's a combination of both, but I know from the women I interviewed, I believe that it's, it's really produced from work and intentional effort. And I believe some could just kind of just happen, but I believe it also comes from a lot of hard work. I think mm-hmm. in order for us to focus on this, which is the hope of trauma, we also have to honor the pain of trauma and, mm-hmm. and the hard work and the repetitious complex work. But getting back to your question, the five mm-hmm. aspects of post-traumatic growth for us to look at our own things that we've survived and say, do I see hints of this in my life? Our personal strength relating to others, finding purpose, appreciation for life, and spiritual change. Yes. I think as those five elements just went out and you prefaced it by saying, you have survived something. Can you see any one of these or a mixture of those as you have done the work To survive out loud, do you see the elements of those five things in your life now? And it's so powerful when you shared the quote earlier from one of your survivors in your work that this isn't about me. This is about what I now can offer the world because I am moving through. I'm in a healing journey, a healing process. And I agree with you that although it can show up for some, depending on where they were before the traumatic event, what their life experiences look like, it can show up for some. But I I would agree that for many, it's a... A something that is produced from the work and the investment uh, yes. that they have made in their own transformation and their journey. Um, and so understanding that, what do you feel that we could would be able to learn about surviving out loud from the actual survivors? Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say this because it's like, 
heavy on my mind. And just thinking about, we all collectively have been going through this pandemic. And, you know, when the pandemic first started, I had just kind of come out of of producing this research. And so post-traumatic growth was very much on my mind and saying, this is an opportunity for us as a society to collectively come out of this looking different. And that is my challenge to us as individuals, as families, as communities, as countries, for us to consider how do we look different than we did two years ago in a positive way? Yeah. Do we have, yeah. I, I just went to probably my largest concert last week than, than I have since the beginning of the pandemic. It was a different kind of concert than I have ever been to. And I want to believe I had a, a couple of colleague friends there and they felt the same way that it was, it was partially post-traumatic growth because there was an appreciation for life that was in the, in the room amongst other things. And I said, is this a new normal? And I think all of us can attest mm-hmm. to the fact that there are certain things we evaluated in those two years that we said, we don't want to go back to this. This is an opportunity for post-traumatic growth. But to answer your question, what else have I learned from survivors? I've learned so much more from survivors. I don't even know where to start. It's changed me. But um, a couple of the things that I want to highlight is that to watch survivors it being a survivor, it is, it means that you are, it includes more than your story. Mm-hmm. I think so often when you've gone through something, it can become your identity, whether it you want it to or not. Other people can look to you as this is what you've survived, and that's who you are, that's your story. Survivors are so much more than just their story. It doesn't e- delete, erase, or eclipse their personhood. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I, that's one thing that I've learned is just that, um, you know, as survivors have many, I should say this, many people who have survived, they don't prefer the word victim, they prefer the word survivor. And that's because they actively have moved beyond what has been done to them. And I have witnessed that amongst the survivors. The other thing that I think is important to recognize is that this idea of surviving out loud, it, mm-hmm. it includes diversity. And it includes filling up the exact space with the exact personality, gifts, talents, skills, characteristics that belong to you in this world. Some survive out loud quite literally. They become advocates. They become spokespersons. They share their stories. They start organizations. And others survive quite quietly. And I will, let me change what I just said. Others survive out loud in a quiet manner. It is about Mm -hmm. learning who you are and filling the exact space that belongs to you in this world. And for some, Mm -hmm. you know, that means they become the best musicians, comedians, photographers, accountants, fashion designers, you name it. For some, it means they just want to live a quiet, ordinary life. They want to own a home. They want to become parents. They, They want to learn how to cook. They want to dream dreams. So surviving out loud looks different for each one. It doesn't necessarily mean I become this outspoken advocate. It can be a quite quiet thing. It's learning who you are and filling up the exact space that you're meant to fill in this earth and doing the exact thing that you were created to do. Wow. And I appreciate how you underscored that you are more than your story. You're more than what happened to you. And I don't want to skip over the, the one of the comments from the listener that you shared earlier. Although you are more 
than your story. If we don't deal with your story, mm. process your story, unpack your story, there can be consequences that go beyond just you into other generations. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this idea of generational trauma, transgenerational trauma, I would say it really became more well known when we looked at generational patterns amongst Holocaust survivors. Mm -hmm. And they literally saw on a physiological level, on a brain level, that there was impact of trauma that was being passed down from generation to generation. That's on a physiological, genetic level. But beyond that, we all know that there are certain patterns that can be passed down from generation to generation. And sometimes those patterns actually were born out of the trauma that we endured mm -hmm. and the survival that sometimes just living in survival mode and never having the privilege of working through that trauma or never having the tools or the resources to work through that trauma, that some of what is passed down are actually symptoms of trauma. And we see that, I, I, we, as I said earlier, I, I traveled to Rwanda, we've worked with uh, survivors of the genocide, and we see that there has been a generational impact from that genocide. Mm -hmm. They are still mm -hmm. enduring some of the impact of that collective form of trauma where nearly 1 million people were killed in 100 days. So they lost family members, they lost friends. The implications were layered and massive. And they're still seeing the impact, the relational mm -hmm. impact. Oh, Heather, I cannot believe we are down to our last three minutes. Can you believe this has gone by? Oh, it has been so, I've been why? on the edge of my seat this entire time. I knew this was going to be good. I knew it was going to be good. So we have about three minutes left and I want to split it in half. One, okay. I want you to share how this work has changed you. Oof, okay. And then secondly, I want us to make sure we tell people about the event mm -hmm. and how they can get connected to it. So three minutes, go. <laughs> I would say it's changed my view of God. It's changed my view of justice. It's changed my view of myself and my role in this world. Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel said this, we must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormentor. This work has challenged my view of right and wrong and my response. I've learned that God is a God of truth and of clarity and to be like him is to call things what they are and to respond, respond with justice, advocacy, empowerment and pursuit. Silence in the name of grace or humility is not Christ-like. And I'm a Christian and I follow him. So to stand by with resigned helplessness was no longer an option for me. Resigned helplessness is a form of complicity. Inactivity is overlooking what God calls sin. So this work has changed me I'm, to take a stand, to have a voice and advocate for others, regardless of what people think. I, I, that's not who I was before. I've... I've been changed as a person to follow God into these dark places. And the final way it's changed me is just I've learned to listen. I've learned to bear witness. I've learned to enter in. And there's no way that you can enter into darkness, evil, suffering, and the beauty of post-traumatic growth without being changed by it. 
My, my, my. Thank you for who you are, for the woman, um, for the clinician, for the leader. Thank you for your integrity, Mm. your truth, and your heart. You are literally changing lives around the world. So as we close out, how can people follow you and tell us one more time about the event? You can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, Dr. Heather Evans, LCSW. You can follow uh, my website, drheatherevans.com. My book with all of the content is available on Amazon or wherever you buy books. And Voices of Survivors Project is on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It is a website, voicesofsurvivorsproject.com. It will tell you more about the event next week. You can have that event at your, a virtual event for one of your organizations to learn more about uh, the voices of survivors. And there's a book available for purchase on my website. I'd love to have you follow this work because I believe that it's powerful and I wanna do my best to get it out there on behalf of the survivors that gave of their courage and their creativity. Thank you, Dr. Heather Evans, for sharing your mission, sharing uh, your passion. It has been a pleasure, and this will not be our last connection. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been such an honor to be with you. Absolutely my pleasure. So our listeners, I look forward to you logging in again, same time, same place next week on the flip side of adversity. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.